your boy DM3, and you're listening to Pandemonium with Mike Lindsley on the Buffalo Bills, exclusively on the Built to Buffalo Podcast Network. What is up, Bills Mafia? I'm Mike Lindsley, your host. This is the Pandemonium Podcast, all a part of the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Make sure you get us all over the social platforms, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all over the place. Built in Buffalo underscore on Twitter. And of course, we waste no time talking Bills football as we are getting closer and closer and closer to training camp at St. John Fisher College. Who better to talk to about Buffalo Bills football than the terrific Howard Simon mornings on WGR forever covering the Bills and the Western New York sports scene. You can get him on Twitter at H Simon, the number 62. Howard, welcome aboard, man. You must be on cloud nine. Football starting soon. Your Mets are a, a really a great story this year. Still with Scherzer and DeGrom to go, uh, joining forces with the, the staff now. And uh, just really happy to have you on for a few minutes. How you been? Well, you know, rolling, not as not as well as they were a month or so ago, Mike. But hey, they're still in first place as we speak, so that's a good thing. Yeah, and they're going to get their two horses back here pretty soon yeah. too, and that's the big one. Um, Bills-wise, training camp, storylines, things you're looking for. What, what do you have for me on that front? Well, I think you know the business side. I think I guess would be the first question. I assume Jordan Poirier will be there. Uh, but that's certainly whether he shows up for camp because of the contract situation. I mean, this this hasn't happened. I couldn't tell you the last time a guy under contract didn't show for the Bills at camp. Maybe Jarris Bird. So I'd watch for that first. And then when they actually start doing the whole football thing, I mean, everybody's going to be watching Ken Dorsey. I mean, that's that's a huge storyline going into the season. I'm not sure how much you're going to be able to glean from the preseason, from the practices, from the, the you know the preseason games. But, you know, Dorsey, what's his stamp on the offense? That's big. Um, you know, the, I think the wide receiver competition is something to watch. The cornerback, too, is something to watch. Trey White, you know, is he healthy right at the start of camp? Is he any kind of, you know, pitch count, so to speak, for practices as they get him back from the ACL? So that's the punt competition. There's there's actually a whole bunch of storylines to, to cover going into camp. There's no doubt about that. Where do you see the biggest mismatch for opponents this year when facing Buffalo? Is it the, you know, the all-encompassing athletic versatile tight end combo Howard and, and Knox? Is it the wide receivers? Is it Von Miller rushing on the edge? Is it simply number 17 behind center? Where do you see the biggest mismatch for other teams in trying to, uh, you know, slow down the Bills? It's always the quarterback. It has to, everything starts with the quarterback. And to me, it's still the depth of the passing game. Now, you know, I, I think maybe we should slow down a little bit on Gabriel Davis. Look, I love the kid. I'm very excited. I think he's going to have a big year. But I think people are kind of locking him in and saying, okay, he's, you know, right down a 1,000 yards now. Having said that, I still think you're looking at the depth of weapons in the passing game. Um, I think Crowder turns out to be a really nice pickup for this team. I do think Gabriel Davis would be able to step in to that number two role, have more targets, have more catches, do the things that, you know, people are excited about in terms of his potential. Diggs is still, you know, largely unstoppable in terms of single coverage with any cornerback in the National Football League. You talked about tight ends. Dawson Knox had his big breakout year last year. You add in O.J. Howard. We're waiting to see what kind of a role in the passing offense maybe James Cook can bring with his speed um, and a mismatch right there coming out of the backfield. So to me, that's that's still it. Um, well, you know, I know you mentioned Von Miller, and there are some, certainly some storylines on the defensive side of the ball, but this should still be one of the best offenses in the league. You still have 
one of the top quarterbacks in the league, and I still think you have a depth of weapons in the passing game that's really difficult for teams to match up against. How crazy is it out your way, you know, in Western New York? I mean, we're in the month of July, but everywhere I go here in Central New York, the Bills fans are everywhere. They're 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 wearing their gear. They're talking about the team. They're going bananas. Their Super Bowl expectations. I mean, the the Bills are so huge right now. Just not in New York State, but nationally. I mean, how how nuts is it out there? People chopping at the bit for the season to start. It's great. It's great. It's, I mean, it's been 30 years since anybody felt like this around here, and it's it's fantastic. And this was what it was like, you know, every summer going into the season in the early 90s. You know, there were always Super Bowl expectations. And I think, you know, it's, it's great for the fan base to see. This might be kind of stupid in the whole discussion, but, you know, Josh Allen in the match. You know, here's here's this golfing challenge, right, with Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. And the Bills quarterback is in there, you know. So I think, you know, his ascendance to uh, his, his rise up to the top of the quarterback chart, where this team is, I'm looking at Twitter today and looking at more updated Super Bowl odds. And guess who the Super Bowl favorite was? The Bills. The Bills logo is right there. It's the first team on the Super Bowl odds chart that I saw. And I, I had to stop for a second and just kind of take it all in, right? I mean, we went through the playoff drought. We went through a lot of downs and a lot of tough times. So I think the fan base now, we know they're really psyched up for the upcoming season. But I think it's cool just to be able to be there again, to be in that Super Bowl discussion, to have the quarterback that other fan bases wish they had that kind of guy at quarterback for them, and to have the faith that fans have now in the head coach, in the GM, it's it's a really fantastic time to be in right now. What kind of a year do you expect out of Devin Singletary, Howard? Well, I think he's going to start the year as the number one back, and I don't know how that's going to play out. I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I was really impressed with how he closed the season last year. I, I thought he played his best football for an extended stretch in his relatively short Bills career, that last month plus of the season from like the Tampa Bay game on down into the postseason. I thought he ran decisively. I thought he ran hard. He ran well. Um, You know, he became a target a little bit more in the passing game. So I was impressed with how the season closed. But I'm really curious to see what Cook does. You know, I don't know that Zach Moss is really going to figure much in this offense Mm -hmm. Because I think Cook is going to, his role will probably go, go uh, grow as the season goes on. He's going to come in and he's going to have to earn his stripes, so to speak, right? That's what all rookies and young players have to do with Sean McDermott. They have to earn it. Nothing is given to them. But I think, you know, in, in terms of his ability, what he can bring, talked about maybe him in the passing game, certainly his speed, um, his breakaway speed is something the Bills haven't had out of their running backs in recent years. So I think Singletary will be the guy, not, not obviously not a Derrick Henry workload guy, but he'll be the number one guy coming out of camp and the preseason. But then I think it does bear watching. Over the course of the season, we might see the role of Cook grow. Um, and I'm not sure how that plays out with Singletary. He, he might be playing his last season, by the way, Mike. He's going to be an yeah. unrestricted free agent, and I'm not sure what kind of you know second contract the Bills are going to offer a running back. Yeah, speaking of that, you have Singletary, Knox, Edmonds, and Poyer. If I told you, and I know the finances are A number one, but what they do on the field, the production, the meaning to the team in the locker room, all, all the things that go that way, what two guys would you what two guys would you pick out of the four? 
Oh, you're giving keep. me two. I thought you were going to make it one. I thought you were going to be really tough on well, it. I'll give you two at summertime, Howard. I don't want to stress okay. you out, you know? Well, Knox is number one. If you gave me one, I would have wow. said Knox. Number one. Okay. Yeah, because, I, look, I think, hmm. uh, you're now you're talking to a guy who was raised as a defense wins championships guy, okay? So I, I get, I, it was drummed into me. But let's face it, you win in the National Football League, you better have an explosive offense. And the explosive offense is the key to the Bills this season. You have Josh Allen, you have Diggs, you have Davis, you have all these weapons, and you have Dawson Knox, the best tight end around here in God knows how long, right? So to me, he's important to keep. Um, what they do with him, his term, his money, that's a big contract. I'm not sure how it all plays out. If you're asking me who I would keep, you need to keep that passing offense at an explosive level. You need to keep the offense in general, a group that can go out on the field and put 30 up. So I need the depth of weapons. I need Dawson Knox on the field. So that's one. Singletary would be four. And then, honestly, it's Ployer or Edmonds. Um, boy, that's a tough one, Mike. I, I would probably – it's a shorter contract for Poyer. If I could get him to extend by a year or two, I would keep Poyer. I'd like to keep Poyer and Hyde together for another couple years if I could. Edmonds, I think, would take a big – like a four- or five-year – big commitment with term with money and i would be very hesitant to give him the big linebacker contract breakout player on offense breakout player on defense in 2022 i'm gonna well the breakout player on defense i think would be rousseau there's not now there's not a lot of candidates um you know it's one of those young defensive linemen or i guess kyer elam or dane jackson but i'll take rousseau i i liked what i saw from him last year i think getting that first year under his belt that's a huge learning experience i mean the guy is he's long he's athletic he's so tough to handle and he, he got that first year so he could learn what it's like to play at the pro level i think the addition of a guy like von miller you know, we saw some of the clips at OTAs, and Miller's working with Rousseau and Basham and Epinesa, the young guys, and they go out to the pass rushing camp. I think that kind of knowledge, having a guy like that here, is invaluable for a guy like Rousseau. So I'll take him as the breakout guy on defense. The breakout guy, is it, is it fair to say Gabriel Davis, or would that not count as a breakout guy? <laughs> I think that counts. All right, I'll take, I'll take Gabriel Davis. Look, I think the last couple of years, you know, with the, there's nothing but positives in terms of what you saw from his game. I don't mean I know recency here. The last game we saw, he was out of his mind against Kansas City. But you know, even the year before, think, he comes up big. He makes some clutch catches. You think of the the win, the playoff win against the Colts, and Davis came up big in that game. I think he's got a really reliable set of hands. I think he's a smart kid. I love when they talk to me. You know, talk about his work ethic and how he's working on making himself a better overall receiver. I think he's up to the challenge that's coming to him. I think he's earned the right to have that crack at the number two job, but I do think he's going to have a good season and will keep defenses honest. You can't just not just throw everything at digs and not worry about anybody else. That next guy in the receiving core is Gabriel Davis, and I think he is going to have a big year this year. I think that's fair because, look, the Chiefs game, it was an amazing game, no doubt, for him, but again, not you're not going to perform that way every game. But I think you know, looking for for even half that production per game every game. I mean, I think the consistency thing is what you obviously want to see out of young players. And, and Gabe Davis certainly has shown that uh, he's he's on the right trajectory. Howard Simon, our guest here on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network, Pandemonium Podcast style. I'm your host, Mike Mike Lindsley. Give him a follow on Twitter as well. H Simon sixty two is the handle. Um, 
Josh Allen, can he get better? Hmm. Yeah, I guess he could. I'm actually trying to think what specifically I need him to be better at. Um, man, that is a good question. I might turn that one and ask you because the things that he had to get better on in his game, there usually was something every offseason, right? The first one would have been, hey, you got to get the ball out. You don't need to make the big hero throw. Take the check down, you know, but, you know. And he did all that stuff. And then it was ball security. Maybe he could still get better a little bit on some of his, his runs and his scrambles, but ball security. But I thought he did a better job at that last year. Um, I, I, I got to tell you, I don't. Okay. I'll, I'll bring up one thing because he's talked about it. This is not a great or has not been a great yards after catch offense. So, I mean, we are really nitpicking here <laughs> to get to something, <laughs> but the positioning of some of his throws, especially with guys like maybe Cook with his speed mm-hmm. or McKenzie, um, Shakir, assuming he makes the roster, the positioning of his throws, and he's brought it up too, to get it to guys to put them in a position to get more yards after catch. I mean, you got anything, Mike? Because I'm, I'm struggling for something beyond that. No, I, I think you pretty much nailed it. And I, I kind of liken Josh Allen right now to Mahomes about a year or maybe two ago. Where and, and I know it's different because Mahomes has been in two Super Bowls. You know, he's got a Super Bowl MVP. He's got a 5,000-yard, 50-touchdown MVP season in the regular season. I, I know that Josh Allen's trying to get to that level as far as the awards and accolades and the accomplishment. But, you know, you could have said the same thing about Mahomes, you know, then, right? I mean, how much better can this guy get? He's at such a young age. Has he already reached the ceiling? I, I think you could have asked that question then, and I think certainly – With Josh Allen right now, despite not having the award case that Mahomes has, I think certainly you can ask that question with Josh Allen. Also consider his postseason experience, what he's done, the growth and all the rest. I I don't know. I think think it's very, very similar to Mahomes. I really do. Yeah, I guess, again, um, if we're trying to find something, the only other thing would be maybe a a consistency over the regular season, right? Two years ago, they were okay, but they came out of the bye – and then the offense hit like another gear. Yeah. And they went on the winning streak and they clinched the division and they're averaging like 30 plus points a game. And then last year, they hit a little funk. I think two years ago, they hit like a month long funk. Last year, down the stretch, they were, they were winning some games that you'd look at and go Carolina, Atlanta, I mean, not Jets. They weren't great in those games offensively. Again, we're, we're struggling for things to bring up. So maybe, you know, a little bit more consistency, avoiding a month or so funk in the course of the season. I would have said, you know, I would, in the bigger picture, of course, he's got to get to the Super Bowl. You want to get to the next level. We could say one of the greats, you got to get to the Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl eventually. But even I would have brought up playoffs, right? Yeah. Because two years ago, against the, the, um, the Ravens and then the Chiefs, the offense wasn't good at all, but then he turns around and has the game against New England where he destroys the Patriots. And then basically he's got that team on his back and has willed them to a victory in Kansas city. I mean, clutch drive after clutch drive. I mean, you couldn't have drawn it up any better to say the Josh Allen playoff game, he's arrived moment. Um, so for any doubts about, well, you know, postseason and play goes up and pressure goes up and all that. Well, he answered those last year, the two playoff games. I mean, they didn't get beat because of the, offense and Josh Allen. So it's it's a really short list for him. If he's able to win a championship in a Bills uniform, does that automatically vault him to the number one Buffalo sports athlete of all time, considering the significance of that? 
I hate to say it, but probably. I mean, yeah. I, I know fans there of, of Kelly and Thurman and Bruce, and if you're a Sabres fan, uh, I don't know, Gilbert Perro, Dominic Hashi. Sure. There have been some amazing mm-hmm. athletes that have mm-hmm. come here, Hall of Famers mm-hmm. that have come through here, but nobody's won a championship. Right. You know, and and it's a little bit different with, you know, the first Stanley Cup for the Sabres or the first Lombardi for the Bills. Let's face it, you win a cup, typically, it's, it's a t- more of a team thing, right? You don't win a Super Bowl. More often than not, you don't win a Super Bowl without great quarterback play. If he gets them to a Super Bowl and they win the Super Bowl, yeah, he probably, you know, it's go, he goes to number one in there. They probably call the architects for the new stadium and go, listen, we're going to need a Josh Allen statue for the new stadium, <laughs> so put that in too. Yeah. Uh, I got two more quickies for you, Howard. Again, Howard Simon, WGR 550, kind enough to join us here. Uh, on the Pandemonium podcast, Trey White's estimated return, do you think, is when? Hard to say. I mean, there's been – the Bills haven't been overly specific, only to say he's progressing, he's in the building, he's working out. Um, so I, I'm hoping that means he would be ready by opening day. Um, again, we'll see. What's he doing in training camp? Is he there from the beginning? If he is practicing – I would assume they're going to go easy with them, Mike, to make sure they don't overdo it. Mm. I think the Bills are pretty smart with um, when it comes to the health and the maintenance of their players. But doesn't it doesn't sound like there's been any issues. So at this point, I would assume he'll be ready for opening day. Worst case scenario, a pitch count. Maybe he isn't out there for 100% of the snaps. But I'm going to go with at, right now until we get to camp and see any evidence to the contrary that he's going to be okay for opening night against the Rams. Now, the Bills haven't said that. I'm just, you know, we're not hearing anything like there's been a setback or any problems in his rehab. Okay, everybody knows that Western New York revolves around the Bills and the Sabres. Bills are so huge right now, obviously. You could probably say it revolves a little bit about, you know, around chicken wings and Labatt Blue, too. But Bills and Sabres, it's summertime. You know, we don't have the Bills and Sabres going on right now. So you, Howard Simon, love to do what in the summer? What are some of the best Buffalo summertime things to do? Well, Taste of Buffalo is last weekend. So food and drink uh, there. Food, I'm, you know, look, there's food, I'm in. Uh, but I, you know what? Summertime to me also was just going out watching local bands. Yeah. You know, my wife and I love to go out, you know, go to whatever bar, some bands we like, some local groups we like to follow, and just, you know, go out, have a couple drinks, listen to some music, and relax on the weekend. So for me, that's it, the occasional festival, and uh, honestly, it, Summertime is also for me like downtime. Yeah. If you want to come over and meet me in the backyard, we'll hop in the pool. I mean, some of it is just sitting on the back deck, having a glass of wine and relaxing and enjoying the beautiful weather. Fair enough. The waterfront has to be packed, right? Every day down there in the the downtown district. This this is a great summer so far for the waterfront. And I mean, with all the stuff they have going on down there, that in itself, just walking down there around Canal Side and everything, that's always a blast in the summer as well. Well, this was a lot of fun, as it always is, Howard. You know I've respected you for a long time. Howard Simon, WGR 550, at H. Simon, the number 62. Take care of yourself. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for asking. You take care of yourself, too, Mike. A couple of quick minutes on the four free agents that we talked about earlier in the show with Howard. Devin Singletary, Dawson Knox, Tremaine Edmonds, and Jordan Poyer are all going to be free agents at the end of the year. If I had to rank them in terms of who I want to keep. And again, the finances will dictate most, if not all of this, I understand. But strictly based on production, strictly based on scheme, strictly based on a lot of things, 
I think I might venture to say that number one is Tremaine Edmonds. And people might think I'm crazy on that. But he's super young. He's a super freak athlete. And you got to look at the way the Bills do business on defense under Leslie Frazier without Tremaine Edmonds being that guy in the middle to charge towards the quarterback to try and stop the run. He's a tackle machine. He's always around the ball. Look, does he get blown up a lot? Yeah. Does he get blown up more than he blows up plays? Without a doubt. But I think there's still a lot of room for growth there. Now, look, if he prices the bills out, then you don't have to worry about it, and you got to just plug and play, um, which is the story, of course, of the National Football League. Um, you know, Then I would probably put, just because of the significance and the, the, the career resume, um, granted, years and money again here, right? But Jordan Poyer, I mean, there's been no more important bill outside of Josh Allen than Jordan Poyer. I mean, say what you want about bringing in Stefan Diggs, fine. What about his, you know, back safety partner, Micah Hyde, fine. But not more important than Jordan Poyer in terms of his overall uh, charisma and locker room presence and the production uh, at the safety position, how they rely on him so much as a safety net back there along with Micah Hyde. I, I don't know. I, I would still put Poyer number two. Now, granted, the age, the years, the contract, et cetera, could be completely in another universe, and so the Bills would move on at that point anyway. Um, and then I would throw, and it's close, trust me. I mean, these are all split hairs between each other. I'd probably put Dawson Knox three. Um, I like Howard's reasoning for putting Dawson Knox right up there, um, you know, because of the dynamic offense, and, and you win with offense, and uh, just enough defense, not defense and just enough offense. It's, it's an offensive explosion that's going on every single week in the National Football League, and Dawson Knox is getting better and better and better. He's on the right trajectory. He's uh, really, really athletic. He obviously committed, you know, what, last offseason to improving, you know, the eyes and all the rest, and that seems to really help him catch the ball and run routes and all that. So uh, I would put Knox in there. It's almost, for me, like 1, 1A, 2, and 2B, right? And then I put Singletary uh, at number 4, just because there's really not ever a great market for running backs with the – um, you know, let's be honest, the second contract for sure. Uh, but the but that first one even, I mean, you know, unless it's a really, really high draft pick and you, you pretty much kind of know, you know, what the player is, I, you know, you, you just, running backs, you don't pay them. You know, you just you just don't. Um, and, and if he's, he's going to command probably, you know, five, six-ish, I mean, there's no way, there's no way that you pay Devin Singletary that kind of money. And I think James Cook is going to have a big rookie season for the Bills. And I think 2023, you're looking at James Cook as a starting running back for Buffalo because they're not going to be able to afford Devin Singletary. They're going to have to put their money elsewhere. The cap will be increasing and all the rest, but they're not going to be able to keep all four of these guys, probably not three of them. And there's a chance they couldn't, you know, might not be able to keep two. Um, you know, just the way things go, you got to restructure some other deals. You got to pay Gabe Davis here pretty soon. Uh, you got guys on defense. If they explode and have great years, you got to pay them in the next contract. So this is the world they're in now, especially with Josh Allen making, you know, the money that he's making, uh, coming up in the very, very near future. So that's how I would rank those four huge thanks to Howard Simon from WGR 550. I'm Mike Lindsley. You've been listening to the Pandemonium podcast here on the Built in Buffalo podcast network. Make sure you get us all over the social media platforms at Built in Buffalo underscore Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and a heck of a lot more. And oh, by the way, be on the lookout for a ton of giveaways, right? With uh, our friends from 
Total Sports Buffalo. Uh, they've got a lot of awesome stuff that they've been giving away recently. Dawson Knox uh, autograph goal, uh, you know, goal sticks. Um, they've got an unbelievable event coming up uh, for the next several weeks in honor of Seven One Six Day. Uh, there's six public signings with Buffalo Bills players, including Gabe Davis, Spencer Brown, Boogie Basham. Dane Jackson, Tyler Matikavich, and Damar Hamlin. Uh, make sure you go check out that at Built in Buffalo underscore on Twitter and at tsebuffalo.com. That's tsebuffalo.com. Our friends at uh, Total Sports Buffalo getting it done. And uh, of, of course, 100% uh, of the net proceeds are given to the 716 day, which is really, really cool stuff. You can hit me on Twitter as well at Mike L Sports. And as I always tell you, enjoy the games. 